Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Stars Creek. Right around Australia for your Thursday night weekend warm up, part of the sporting capital. 1300 736 736 to get involved. The Harcourt's open line is open. We're talking underrated players. I'm going to. I'm going to give you the opportunity to maybe be a little emotional and be passionate about some of your sporting contests. I'll get to that in a very short amount of time. Just quickly, news getting around. Charlie Dixon is back in for Port Adelaide. Uh, Tom McCartan and Buddy in for the Swans as they try and get a little bit of their stock back, in particular taller players around the ground. Bedford plays his first game for the uh, Greater West Sydney Giants. Bailey Smith is in as well. Mitch Lewis comes straight back in for Hawthorne. After missing the first six weeks, Shaki will play his first game for the D's. Josh Simpkin gets in for North Melbourne. And Sam Doherty, who's a huge in, all things considered, had a really nice start to the year. We know how how much he and how important he is in a myriad of ways for the Blues. He comes back in, which is surprising, considering only a couple of days ago, the Carlton list, injury list, actually said two to four weeks. He's in, Sard's in as well. So that's some of the ins and outs. We'll tell you as well that Dean Holland's funeral is going to be 3 a.m. on Monday at Flemington Racecourse. It'll be a Victorian race-free day. But Dean Holland's funeral will be held and memorial at the Victorian Racing Club at Flemington Racecourse on Monday. You can get involved anytime you like. one 736 736 And Brad is in Clifton Springs and has done exactly that. Underrated players, Brad. You got one for me? Yeah, Tom Libertore, mate. Yeah, it's 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 hard to argue. I, I still believe he's their most valuable player. I, legitimately, I, I know Marcus Bontepelli is a superstar. I know how good they are inside 50. I know McRae's been racking it up for fun for the last six, seven years. But Libertore, when he goes, the team goes. And I, I think that was a perfect example uh, in 2021. The prelim he played, the final prior to that, uh, no doubt. I, I'm, I'm with you there. He'll be he'll be missed a little bit this week too, Brad. Oh, absolutely. You know, like yeah, yeah. So that's a danger game, and I hope the boys do the right thing for the bond. But Liver will be spilling it out there. He absolutely will be, and uh, I'm with you, Brad. There's no doubt, Tom Liberatore. I think there's many Bulldog fans who would 100% wholeheartedly agree he is underrated and most certainly one of their most valuable, if not their most important player. Hudson's in Mooney Ponds on one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Hello, Hudson. Hey, young Sam. How are you? Good, man. Fire away. Um, I just want to talk about the uh, Nick Dacos and uh, Jai Cordo incident. Mm-hmm. I, I have been doing boxing for about 10 years, and I don't think there's any way possible that the wind-up that Cordwell had could get a reaction out of Nick Dacos. Like, it was nothing in it, and I'm talking nothing. What do you think? 
Look, I, I am quite soft myself, so if anyone jabs me in the guts or in the ribs, I'm probably going to stay down for a little bit as well. I think it's very hard. It is very hard to be able to decipher each way, and there's no way that the MRO erred on the side of believing that it was low impact. But uh, yeah. it definitely stung Nick Dacos, or it looked like he stung him, and I don't think he's a type of player just to stay down for um, no major reason. So, um, But it does feel that the MRO erred on the side of... It was just a little tiny rib tickler more so than anything that could cause some damage. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I just don't think that would wake me up if I was sleeping. But, yeah, fair <laughs> enough. They did air on the side of uh, low impact. Yeah, and, and to be fair, it didn't do a major amount of damage because he went to work and kicked two goals in that last quarter that uh, in the end swung the game the pie's way. So, it did but I tell you what, if he, if he was playing on Mason Redmond, he would have been kept touchless in that last quarter. Well, something, something Brad Scott can think about going forward talking well, probably not underrated because we've been talking about him a lot this year, but Mason Redmond's a guy who's having a very nice start to the year for the Essendon Football Club. Uh, Zach Guthrie off the uh, the temper text as well. His growth has been epic, every bit as important as anyone in Geelong in their back six these days. His confidence to attack out of back half is top shelf. That's off the uh, the temper text from from Brendan. And it's a good point because it's a little bit of what I spoke about earlier with, with game styles. And obviously there's different game styles based on the cattle you have at any one time. But confidence and the ability to be able to take the game on absolutely changes the way teams play. And I felt that happened in the second half with St Kilda on Sunday. Their ability to back themselves in. Craig McRae is... Again, I don't want to talk just Collingwood because people think we just talk Collingwood on this show. I did not brag for the football club, but they are the rage and there's a lot of fans out there. The ability to back yourself. Adelaide, perfect example. Rankin. Rochelle, Riley O'Brien is most certainly one of those players on my list for players who are a little bit underrated and need a bit more notable attention. You could argue he's the second best ruckman in the game this year. I'm talking form-wise. I'm not saying he would be the second best ruckman I would take. I'd still take Grundy and Gorn over O'Brien, but we're talking Rankin and Rochelle and Fogarty and the young guns down back and Jordan Dawson where he is maybe early days when it comes to the Brownlow. But Riley O'Brien, a guy's had to turn it around because he was out of favour last year, has been good. Ollie is in Bentley East on the Harcourt's open line. Uh, Ollie, fire away, mate. What do you want? Uh, I've got an underrated player for you. Mm-hmm. I just think Machuda um, Lawrence from the Saints, I mean, you know, early in the season when we, the Saints have had King out, obviously huge, and memory missing early as well. And as a second-year player to just step up into that sort of full forward, even considering in the ruck. He certainly held his own, and I think he's probably, you know, a bit discredited for his rising star chance. I know Sheasel and Ashcroft have had pretty good starts. I'm not discrediting that by any stretch, but he's been really important to getting Saints where they are. That's uh, a lot of this early on in the season. A couple of text messages off the uh, off the temper text around St Kilda as well, and, and you are 100% correct. Huge start to the year and a huge reason as to why that contagious excitement football that the St Kilda are playing is is on the back of him. Memory just rolled on in last week and not one little ounce of worry. No hiccup. It is sometimes a worry when you're trying to incorporate most certainly very good footballers back into a team that that is playing really well. Didn't miss a beat. He played well. They're going to have to do it again with Max King in the second half of the year. And if he's able to come back in and, and play the type of football that, honestly, a lot of people are hoping he can play, then St Kilda are most certainly going to be a better team for it. So uh, you make a good point. There's about eight or nine players right now at St Kilda that 
most certainly are going to be in the conversation for underrated players. And the fact is that when these guys who are underrated maybe in the public eye because there's high-profile players playing good footy, that's when your team ends up playing deep into September. And right now, St Kilda and their fans, of which you obviously are one, should be starting to think this is a real serious crack at it. Love it, Ollie. Thank you, brother. There you go. Now, I've still, still got plenty of stuff to give away. I'll get to some of your temper texts first. In fact, no, this is what I'll do. This is what I'll do. You continue to talk to me about underrated teams or underrated players, but this is what I want to do because this is, a, this is the statement that came from Tottenham Hotspur a couple of days ago, okay? And I have no doubt there's much more expert Premier League people listening to me right now. This is the statement, all right? So they're on the road. They need a win. They roll to Newcastle and they get belted. Five goals within, what, 21, 22 minutes. They lose 6-1. And on the back of it, as a squad, we understand your frustrations, your anger. It wasn't good enough. We know words aren't enough in situations like this, but we believe us. A defeat like this hurts. We appreciate your support, home and away. And with this in mind, we would like to reimburse fans with the cost of their match tickets from St. James Park, right? Now, they go on to say, we know that doesn't change the result, but we're all in this together. The Harcourt's open line, one 736 Continue with your underrated players and your excitement heading towards a big weekend of AFL. But I, I, I want to ask you as a fan, what game, what sport, event, whatever it might be, do you believe, looking back, you should be reimbursed on? one 736 736 one 736 736 Big shout-out to our man out the back, Hugh Fitzpatrick from SEN Digital, who he, honestly, he just rolled off about 13 St Kilda games when I was talking to him about it this afternoon. So prizes to give away. So we're not going to be able to reimburse you for the tickets to the football match or the tennis match or the horse race you went to or the basketball event or whatever it might be, but I can give away two-bottle autumn wine bundle, all thanks to Hairy Dog. You get autumn wines delivered straight to your door. Or I can give you four tickets to the country game on Sunday between the Bombers and the Cats. one 736 I'll, I'll start it. Grew up with red, white, and blue running through the veins. 97 was a kick in the guts. They almost had the game. But then you went back, if you're a Dogs fan, to 98, 12 months later... Here we go. Couldn't possibly happen two years in a row. The game's done halfway through the second quarter. Andrew McLeod runs right and the Crows go on to win back-to-back premierships. So if there was any sporting event that I believe that I should be reimbursed for, and that's not, I'm not even saying it's a go at the players because it happens. But deep inside you, there's always something that annoys you. And in the end, essentially... I'm giving you a chance to, one, get it off your chest, and two, jump on the open line, all thanks to Harcourts, and tell me what event that is. Dave in Australia is going to kick start it. He's in Australia, which is a good start. Hello, Dave. Take it away. Yeah, mate, it was the uh, Boomers versus the Dream Team at the Marvel Stadium there. It wasn't a very good spectacle. So which, which one? Did you go to the first one where the Boomers were a little disappointing, or was it the second one? 
essentially where the boomers got it done, but it was more about the way the seats and everything were positioned. No, it was it was the, it was the second one where I couldn't see virtually anything, and I paid a fair 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 amount of money to get there. Mm-hmm. It, it it happens a little bit, doesn't it? In those type of situations, it's it's one that had a great deal of issues on the back of it. I think there was even some reimbursement on the back of some of the seats as well. It it was frustrating because it was. And I was at, at both of them. I was lucky enough to be there at both. It was frustrating because it was a great event. We're in Marvel Stadium. There's 55,000 people in there, but there were some logistical complications around it. Yeah, I had my uh, young boy that was super pumped, loves the NBA to go, and uh, ultimately uh, couldn't see much. So that was a bit of a disappointment for him. Um, still good to be there in the presence of him, but uh, ultimately you couldn't see much for him. So that was a bit of a shame. Absolutely, Dave. Understand it. Uh, thank you. You'll go into uh, win the. You drink wine. I do drink wine. All right, a bit too much. But yeah, well. good, thank you. Join the club. We'll uh, we'll put you into the uh, the draw into the randomizer a little bit later in the hour, Dave. The uh, the Boomers US game a couple of years ago now uh, should have been reimbursed for day three of the Ashes last year. That's from Freddie. Uh, Mitch Owens is special, and a lot of people pushing that as well. Huge part of. Why this St Kilda team is playing very well. Josh Battle's been awesome. There's a lot of, and this is what happens when a team's playing really well, really well. Essentially, there is eight or nine guys who have stood up and have handled the call and are playing really, really good footy. Ed Richards, another one here from uh, Jacko and Hillsville. Hey, the thing with the Bulldogs is, and you got it last week. Bailey Williams, Bailey Dale, Caleb Daniel, Ed Richards. Again, those guys and that that really. Again, the confidence, the momentum I spoke about earlier off that half-back line hasn't quite worked yet for the Dogs. It did last week. It was brilliant. And uh, Ed Richards a part of that uh, off the text. Sydney fans from last year's grand final, says Rick. Fair. Uh, Michael. Cam Luke, overrated host. LOL. Oh, LOL. Is that lots of love? Appreciate it, Michael. Appreciate it. Uh, John's in Seaford on one three hundred seven three six seven three six. We can do this together. There's there's going to be a sporting event. It might have just because your heart got ripped out, or it just was a letdown. Let's go to John. John, what do you got for me? Oh, hey man, how are you? Good man. Yeah, cool. Uh, I went to the hockey a couple of years ago. There, I think Canada USA came out and mm-hmm. did a couple of couple of uh, exhibition games, um, and there was there was no fight. I kind, of, I kind of was expecting there just to be sort of dudes, dudes flowing everywhere, but yeah, there was there was nothing going on. So, and, um, was... <laughs> so you you want to be reimbursed because there was no fights in an ice hockey game, which to be fair is rare and unique. What what I will say was that um, were they retired players though? I think they'd lost the fire, right? They might have been. I remember the the contest. I didn't go to it. We're going to see, of course, NHL. When the Coyotes oh, and the Kings go at it in a couple of months' time in a preseason game, but you're right. If you go to an ice hockey match, you, you should see some type of fisticuffs, which is half the sport, right? Uh, dude, I wanted to see some dude throw the gloves down, man, and get into it, but there was <laughs> yeah, nothing at all. So I, I don't know. I was, I was disappointed. <laughs> Fair enough, too. Hey, John, we, I appreciate your call, mate. Uh, you, do you drink wine? Yeah, why not, man? All right, you now I'll put you. I'll put you into the into the draw to win the. Win the bottles of wine as well, but there's no use giving it away to people who don't drink it. So you're in. John, we appreciate it. one 736 736 We've got a Mark in Oakley before we get to the break. Mark and one 736 736 mate. What, do you, what, what, what should you be reimbursed for? 
Well, I went to um, the Australian Open one year. Like, I think it was just out of COVID where they had to zone the areas mm-hmm. for attendance and you were only allowed in a certain zone. And we had centre court tickets and we're only allowed in that centre court area. So no outside, no, no nothing. And the the premier match that we were there to go see, which involved Gregor Dimitrioff, he pulled out, retired her just before the, the start of the match. Mm. So, and then the ladies singles also had a retiree. So we got to see six games in total for our ticket worth. No atmosphere, no crowd, no bars open, no tennis, nothing, mm. no refund. When I came up with this idea and had a chat to Hugh at the back and we thought it might go okay, I, I legitimately thought I was going to be able to find angles of which you might be being too dramatic, but it's very hard to argue that you shouldn't have been reimbursed for that, Mark. Uh, we, had, we had a very small window to live some type of normal life during COVID. You tried to do it. Big Gregor, he uh, pulls that into it. Okay. I'll tell you what, Mark. Tell you what, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw, I'm going to straight up. Do you drink red wine? I do. Okay. I do indeed. Yeah, well, I'm going to have to go straight up. I'm, I'm going to find some more <laughs> prizes out the back for other people. I've still got the tickets to give away. But you legitimately should be reimbursed. Two-bottle autumn wine bundle, all thanks to Harry Dog going away. Get autumn wines delivered straight to your door. So, Mark, you hold the line. Have a chat to Benny. And for everyone else, I'll find more prizes over the course of the night. Thank you, Mark. And uh, I'm Thank sorry. You. I've got nothing for you, mate. You should be and you deserve to be reimbursed. Thanks. Thanks very much. <laughs> there we go. Mark in Oakley. Now, Steve, Nick, I want you to wait right there. The temper text is in really fine form as well, and you can get involved, one 736 736 wherever you might be around Australia or the world via the SEN app. It's quite simple. What sporting event or what event have you been to where you deserve to be reimbursed? It might be your heart getting ripped out of your chest. We're having a lot of these Sydney Swans fans who are saying those exact Things. I'm going to go to Nick and Steve in around three or four minutes' time. Just first of all, it's now time to check out what's happening in the world of greyhound racing. And joining me is Phil Weir from GRV. Hello, Cam. Nice to be with you again. Oh, mate, always love having a chat to you. And we've got to get straight into it because there's a lot going on. It's not a major group final, but it's a very interesting clash of the Titans coming up tonight. Oh, it certainly is. It, it's a free-for-all tonight at Sandown Park, which is a lineup that you might see in a major race. It's race eight at 8.43 tonight. Have a look at this lot. Yachi Bale coming from box one. Three times group finalist, winner of the group one Melbourne Cup, and just three weeks ago, runner-up in group three, Ambrosoli at Wentworth Park in Sydney. Box two is Trappeteers, ran second to his brother Trappeteers in the group three launching pad final earlier this month, and has only missed a place twice in his 15th start career. Amron Boy. Same race from box four, five times a group one finalist, a winner of the Silver Chief in December, very close second in the Temley in February. He's the favourite in this particular race tonight. Add to that modern Kalinda, who has a fantastic record here at Sandown. You've got an absolute ripper of a race tonight. Absolutely. Hey, and also being a Victorian, I love when the Victorian Greyhounds go interstate and have a chance to take on some non-Victorian Raiders and hopefully take their cash, and that's about to happen. Absolutely. We love it when greyhounds from Victoria go north of the border or west of the border and take some titles. And tomorrow night, we'll see that he's $500,000 actually titled the 715 at the Gardens in Newcastle. 
Now, as the name very subtly suggests, and I'm sure they were up all night thinking about this, it's a 715-metre stayers final called the... <laughs> the final will be on the 6th of May, but uh, a few Vicks competing in the heats tomorrow that are really worth looking at. Ariane Bale sensationally won the Group 1 Fantabale Stayers, Super Stayers, the Meadows in February. By nearly eight lengths, she'll start from Box 1 in the first heat tomorrow night. Then we've got Moraine Susie to watch in the second heat. Five-time Group Finals, three-length winner of the Group 1 Top Gun Stayers, and runner-up in the Zoom top at the Meadows. Both of these girls will claim the Victorian flag and we'll check back on their progress next week. If I can just also jump in very quickly, a late note. Mm-hmm. Tonight we've got the heat for the group to Warrnambool Cup and Kelsey Bale, who this month, just in the last couple of weeks, has won both the Ballarat and Geelong Cups in incredible and, and she's one of heat tonight at four lengths. So it might just be another day for you for this amazing round. Plus the dog that ran second to Kelsey Bale in the Ballarat Cup, Unleash Kalenda, has also made it through with a six-length win in his heat. We'll talk about that more next week. It's, it's going to be an amazing Warnable Cup as well. And just remember, you win some, you lose more for free and confidential support. Visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Thanks, Cam. As always, Phil, thank you. And, of course, you can now watch every Greyhound, Victorian Greyhound race live and free by downloading the Watchdog app or follow Watchdog Racing on Twitter or Facebook. We're warming up for the weekend. Part of the sporting capital right around Australia via the SN Network. Underrated players or... When should you be reimbursed for an event? What still annoys you? It doesn't necessarily have even been a situation where things went horribly wrong. Just at the end, your team got beat. That's how I think about 98. Nick's on the road, one 736 I'll get into some of the ins and outs again if you have missed it so far tonight as the teams get dropped. Nick, disappointing event for you. What? When should you have been reimbursed? Oh, there was one... Um a few years ago, we went to the WWE at the MCG. Uh, probably 75, 80,000 people there. It was a real spectacle. A lot of um, impersonators and a lot of fun. I went with my younger son. And um, but after the music goes on and you sort of the, the wrestlers get to the ring, there's there's no commentary at all. So all you hear is a few thuds. Um, you know, you can see the screen, but there's absolutely no commentary. So you miss out on all the. Um, you know, the banter at ringside and, and whatnot. So it was a bit of a surprise. You couldn't hear anything for the whole, you know, sort of two and a half hours. It was sort of just uh, screens and a, and a few body slams uh, and music at the start. So that was uh, it was probably something I went in the end. I go, oh, probably wouldn't have done it again. Uh, Nick, now I am a very, very, very novice wrestling guy, so I'm going to have to bear with me here. Is, is, this, is this normal? Like when we see the major wrestling events... Overseas is, is that how it is there as well, or you're unsure? Yeah, it must be. I'm sort of growing up, you know, watching you know the, the old school stuff, and you've got the commentary at ringside. So I sort of figured that's what you'd hear in the crowd, but you don't hear anything. It's just silence. So it was a bit, it was a bit weird. But um, just waiting for a few oh my's and uh, you know uh, uh, Jerry Lawler sort of screeching and a few <laughs> things. So it was, yeah, it never, never really played out. 
Fair Nick, I apologise that it wasn't quite what you thought it was going to be, mate, but uh, I do appreciate your call. No worries. Thank you. one 736 736 Michael, I know, mate. It's all banter. If I actually thought you were seriously whacking me, I've got a rule on this show that if you get personal, we call you, and if you don't come on the show, you get banned. Well, I don't want to ban anyone. I haven't banned anyone yet. I've been working at SCN for 13 years. Yeah, things can change, though. Hey, Andrew, who's in Reservoir, mate, talk to me. What uh, what should you be reimbursed for? Well, mate, when South Africa were reintroduced to uh, test cricket after the apartheid uh, situation that mm-hmm. uh, happened, my son, who was then 12, and I were going to the Boxing Day test because they were, they were the ones that were coming to... You know, it was the first time they toured Australia since that time, and it was a lot of excitement about it. And... The night before we had a bit of rain and carried on till the morning, but it did clear up. And then we got to the test, great anticipation. I'd made the bloody salad rolls. I'd made, got the drinks organised, had everything that you needed instead of paying through the nose at the cricket. So anyway, we get there and I'd say 10 minutes before it was meant to start, down it comes again. Long, cut it, cut it short, rained all the first session, took an early lunch, Rained the whole second session. Come on, mate, let's go home. We'll watch the last bit about if they come back on on the TV. No, Dad, I really want to see them play. I haven't seen South Africa play. Um, quarter to six, they bowled about four overs. And that was it for the day. Wait, was this in Was this in 90? Was it 93? I think it was 93. Uh, Mark Taylor made a lot of runs, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, cricket's such an interesting one because I'm a firm believer, this is a little bit off-topic kind of, but I'm a firm believer that Test Cricket needs to bring in a lay day that if we lose a day of cricket or a, a substantial amount of play due to something we can't control, i.e. the weather, the best way to be able to find a way to get a result is to have that extra. Now, I know it's a very, very jam-packed uh, ICC calendar with 55 different formats nowadays, but, but this is one of those things, right? You, you'll, you've missed a whole day of play which you've paid for and we lose any chance of getting a result because of something we've got no, absolute no control over coming from the sky. So uh, that, that's frustrating, Andrew. I can absolutely 100% feel your pain because I think everyone who loves Test cricket, which is by far the best format, has had to sit through a very, very boring rain delay and having no real idea when they're going to come out and do their thing. Yeah, look, um, the fact is that... Um it was an ordinary day, but uh, the rest of the, the test, we went to other days. Not that we got reimbursed, but we went to other days and uh, enjoyed it because my son is still a cricket fanatic, even though he now lives overseas. He lives in uh, Kuala Lumpur and, and goes between there and Singapore, but he plays a, uh, in a cricket uh, competition in Hong Kong. Lovely. I, I, Hansi Cronje batted well, I think, in that test match as well. I, 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 I think I'm only... I know that he played well in some... I think it was in that particular game anyway, or that particular match. Yeah, I think he did, and that was before he started having those extracurricular activities well, to do cricket. I, I would hope so. I would hope so. Uh, Andrew, appreciate your call, mate. Thank you. You can get involved. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 Cam, the 186-point thumping Geelong gave the Ds, made the trip down the highway. It was an utter bloodbath. Dean Bailey, of course, was the last game that he coached. I, I remember actually working. I know this was a little bit different, but I remember Benny Lyon out the back. He was a hardcore Melbourne fan. He, I think he got the red eye over for a prelim. Got belted. 
15 goals a zip at halftime. Watched a movie, caught the red eye home. Uh, but I remember working on SEN after Zach Tui's goal after the siren and the whole two-hour show was just having a chat to Melbourne fans who were stuck in traffic on the way home. It's part counselling sometimes, Talkback Radio, as we all at different times have our our passions and our beliefs in our football or sporting clubs tested in the hardest of moments. Uh, should reimburse NBA All-Star Game tickets? It's become a joke and there is more competitiveness than an under-14s basketball game. Now, this I'll this half push back on because I believe that if you buy tickets to the NBA All-Star Game or, in fact, almost any All-Star Game in any sport, which is exhibition-based, of course, traditionally you know what's going to happen. You know they're not going to be all... This is why State of Origin no longer exists in the AFL because it would not get anywhere near the intensity it deserves and what it did back in the yesteryear when it was actually a, a show of who the best competition is, be it the VFL or the Sandful or the Waffle. Then that sort of goes out the gate when you're in a national competition where you can get drafted to, to any club. But I, just back to the All-Star game, same theory. I think if you're buying tickets to the NBA All-Star game you have a fair idea that it's going to run up and down and play no defense and jack triples. So I don't 100% buy with the fact. I would actually suggest you don't go rather than be reimbursed for a ticket that isn't going to fulfill your hardcore basketball needs. I did see an earlier text asking, was I stunned that Miami beat Milwaukee? Yes. I'm doubly stunned they beat them in five. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Plenty more of your players that are underappreciated. But also, what should you be reimbursed for? We're right around Australia. You get involved anytime you like. The Harcourt's open line is open. one 736 736 couple of ins and outs I'll get to in a moment. All thanks to Harcourt's for all things real estate. Speak to Harcourt's. I've got, a, I've got four tickets that we might split for the country game on Sunday, which for me is the most exciting game of the weekend. Geelong found a little bit of form. Beat up on a couple of teams that they should have. Well, when I say beat up, it was a second half against Hawthorne. But the big one for me was last week. But Sydney had no defenders of size, at least. I shouldn't say no defenders. So is Geelong, is it a bit of fool's gold? Or were they starting to get back into form? And I probably err on the side of the ladder. I'm still big on Geelong. And Essendon played seven great quarters against probably the two best teams in it in Collingwood and Melbourne. They had one bad quarter and they've got a five-day turnaround and they've got to be able to get the job done against a Geelong team that are starting to try and find a bit of form. Freddie's in Elwood on one three hundred seven three six seven three six. We're talking when should you be reimbursed or whatever the hell you want, to be fair, on a Thursday night. Freddie, take it away. What do you got for me? G'day, Cam. Loving the show. And mine's a little different. It's actually adding to Andrew's story from... South African test at the G in 93. It just sparked a memory that I was actually there and I would have been about six years old and Dad had taken me down um, and it was rained out. But somehow we went into the bowels of the MCG and we wound up in the indoor nets of the South African team. Which Here we go. Is, I don't know how you can do that, but uh, we did in those days. And um, one of the batsmen, I just remember them, were at the bat behind the bowls and they just cracked a shot out of the middle of the bat. And I didn't, I didn't think much of it um, as a young fella. And it's just the ball's come up, hit me in the toe, and then bang, straight into the shin. So I'd had um, 
Sean Pollock and Hansi Cronier and Donald, all those guys coming around just to see if I was all right. I didn't, I didn't know who any of them were as a, as a young kid. Um, but yeah, Dad, Dad was loving it. Um, and probably asked me to milk it for a bit longer, I think. Well, uh, he's enjoying it. <laughs> it's, it's a great story, Freddie. It was this uh, situation where your dad just no, had no idea where to go in the bowels of the MCG, or was he resourceful? type of guy where it's sort of like if you pretend like you should be in some place, you can always get certain places. Which one was it? Oh, I think he was, when he told people too, he sounded like he was pretending, but uh, yeah. I think he knew what he was doing. <laughs> and, yeah, just, just got us in there. Was, yeah. yeah, okay. I, I, look, I, I like it. It's, it's a great story, and it's, it's one that uh, there, there would be very few people, in fact, even less nowadays with security and everything attached to these high-profile cricketing and, and sporting superstars that very rarely happen. Uh, who do you bag for, Freddie? AFL? Uh, I'm a dogs, dogs fan. Oh, you're a dogs fan. Well, you win uh, this week. you got the Hawks, Bonds 200s. What do you make of it? Uh, hopefully we get up to the bond. Yeah, I've been um, yeah, loving, loving the bond this year and um, and certainly last week just um, nice just to celebrate the bond to a week, really, with his performance and uh, and just the player, the leader and, and the person that he is for the club. No doubt. Is he the greatest Bulldog ever? In my opinion, yes, yeah. Um, Started with a heavy heart for, for the great EJ Whitten, mm-hmm. um, but I think in terms of impacts of the club and um, and what he's done overall. But I guess Ted Whitten was similar in the sense he could. I never obviously never saw him play, but he could play anywhere on the ground, and our forwards and our back. Um, but you know, the Bond can play anywhere too, and even pinch it in the ruck. And certainly used to do it work back when they had the third man up before they changed the rule. Yeah. Uh, after 2016, so they probably uh, changed the rule on the back of Bontempelli. To be fair, <laughs> in, uh, in that 2016, it's interesting. I, I think if he leads yeah. him to a flag, I, I think it'll be no longer a dispute. I think he will be the greatest bulldog of all time. But there's no doubt he's well and truly in that conversation, and a, and a big chance on Saturday in front of the home fans to get it done. Freddie, we appreciate your call, mate, and great story. Thank you. Thanks, Cam. Thank you. Have a good night, Scott. Off the text. Cam, why can't Tassie have a double base? A Melbourne base out of Avalon, for example, run their own play and have Melbourne-based players like many country leagues do. They train once a week in Melbourne as a group, giving those in Tassie the chance to come across and vice versa. I, I just don't think it works at the highest level. I, I, this whole Tassie situation is interesting. They absolutely 100% deserve and should have a team. What does it mean for the competition? Because you know everyone's been talking about it. The Gold Coast Suns... You know, we're 2023. Their first year was 2011. The closest they've come to making the eight is two games out. So it's a concern. It's a, it's a major concern. I think the Giants have been a, an overall success, and I base that just simply on, on how well they've played. They've made a grand final. They've made, I think, two other prelims. It might be three, but I'm pretty sure it's two. They've played finals on the regular. Now, the fan is a slight bit concerned, but it's something that the AFL probably half banked on being such a rugby league territory. The, the, the thing for me around the Gold Coast Suns is they don't have any juniors. When we talk about non-Victorians or Victorian players or people wanting to go home, the Suns don't get it. They're never in the conversation. Then you can say, well, no one from the Gold Coast. That's, that's, that's right. We don't have a great deal of Tasmanian-based juniors coming through the ranks where in five, six, seven, eight years' time, it's going to be like, oh, they want to go home. So... They've got to be able to get it right. They deserve a team 100%. What does it mean now from a financial point of view? Probably not a great deal for the AFL just yet because we're going to have 19 teams, which is not an extra game. We're going to have a buy, of course. I think there'll be an announcement where gather round 
is headed towards Tassie on the back of the Adelaide three-year announcement from Gil McLaughlin a couple of weeks ago. So I think Tassie will host a gather-round prior to Tasmania coming in, only just, just to try and get some momentum on the back of it. The James Sicily comments have been interesting, but it's also doubly interesting. I know he's apologised since, and when they are your major sponsor and you're going to play games there for the next couple of years, then being the captain of your football club, it is frowned upon, but it's also what possibly other people believe it's going to be hard to get high marquee players there, not dissimilar to Gold Coast. So they've got to make sure the infrastructure is right from the get-go so we're not having two teams having a huge drought of finals when they come into the league. I don't think the base in Melbourne would work. That's like saying, oh, we'll give half a team to Tassie. They're going to be smack bang in Tassie getting the job done. And hopefully it happens from the start where you see a, a, a build a positive build from day one. And we have 19 flourishing teams in 2030, all of which at any given time in the circle of football, we believe can play finals in a not-too-distant future. Uh, yet, yeah, Michael, country game is great. I'm going to give some tickets away on the other side of this. So if you want to have your last crack at it, one 736 736 Harcourt's open line is open. For all things real estate, speak to Harcourt's, and I've got four tickets to the game. Essendon and Geelong. In my mind, the best game of the round to give away next. So if you want to try and come in late and get the job done, you better call me now. The family gathers around and reads it and then someone screams out. She's Bit of a shout out to our man David Taggart, actually, who uh, loves Taylor Swift, who just dropped me a text. Uh, to, to let me know, actually, to be fair, and I had read it out earlier in the hour, but uh, Dean Holland's funeral will be at 3 o'clock at Flemington on Monday. Of course, the GoFundMe page, if you... Uh, and you got a couple of dollars to spare to help his wife, Lucy, and their, their four young children after the tragedy at Donald on Monday. Uh, all the links are via at SEN1116, all the SEN social media accounts, at SEN underscore track as well, and what has been an horrific week for the racing industry, which our man David Taggart is a huge part of. Um, Scott just saying, fair answer, but do you think some stars could see Tassie an opportunity to get away from the Melbourne fishbowl, fishbowl like Buddy did to Sydney? Look, absolutely. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not counting that out necessarily, but I, I do wonder, like no one, there hasn't been a player, Joe Danaher is a perfect example, wanted to get out of the fishbowl of Melbourne and was never in the conversation to go to the Gold Coast Suns. So it is it is interesting. It, look, I, I, it has to be done. Tasmania has to win the league. Not arguing that one little bit, but the AFL needs to make sure that we don't have two teams that struggle going forward, in particular when you haven't necessarily got that go-home factor that a lot of non-Victorian teams do have, which helps them get, you know, players like you know, Tim Kelly, who's had a really, really good year, all things considered, with the West Coast Eagles are struggling, you know. Isaac Rankin to Adelaide. You see Horn Francis at Port Adelaide. You know, Brisbane, Lockie Neal, Joe Danaher, you know, Josh Dunkley, they're not go-home factors, but they're lifestyle factors that the Gold Coast Suns have never been in the conversation for, and I just don't want to see Tasmania in a similar thing. Now, um, I'll tell you what I will do. The, the four tickets, I will give I will give two, actually. I'm going to split them up here. I'm going to split them up. I'm going to give two to Dave. You give us a call back and have a chat to Benny. He went to the Boomers, took his game, uh, the Boomers in the USA game a few years ago, took his son, and to John, who went to the ice hockey, and it was dirty, there was no blues. So he won two tickets each. Uh, to the game, the country game on Sunday. So you can give us a call back. 
736 A double pass for you, Dave, and a double pass for you, John. I'm not reimbursing as such, but I'm trying to help you get to a, what should be a really good game on Sunday. Now, off the text. Yes, Mitch Lewis is back in. Uh, a couple of people asking, is Mitch Lewis straight back in? Yes, he is. And what do I think about it? Well, I won't answer before the coach does. No, yeah, he'll come straight back in. We're uh, really pleased with him. He was desperate to play last week and he would have played very limited minutes, which we could have exposed him to some VFL last week. But we thought, um, you know, just do everything right and give him every chance. And he performed really well in a training session on, on Sunday. Um, so, yeah, he'll... Uh, We've got training. We're just about to go out after this. So as long as he gets through that, then, um, yeah, he'll come straight back into the side. Sam Mitchell, head coach of the Hawthorne Football Club. He's on Fireball Friday. I think he's on every Friday. We'll hear him tomorrow with uh, Kane and Kingy, which might be a little less combative than last week. Uh, am I surprised that he's come straight back in? No. I just don't see... As long as his fitness is okay and they believe that he can roll through without any extra issue when it comes to his body, I don't see any reason to play Mitch Lewis in the twos. VFL, I shouldn't call the twos, in the VFL. I just don't believe that this Hawthorne Football Club's going to have any success in the next four or five years unless Mitch Lewis is your your big man inside 50. I'm a huge fan of his. I said last year uh, on, a, on a show that I do that he, he could win a Coleman if he grows with this midfield at Hawthorne and they're going in the right direction, slowly but surely, and frustration probably for some fans of the Hawks, but they go in the right direction. Mitch Lewis inside 50 has to be your focal point. So there's no use playing him in the VFL if his body's A-OK. So we'll see how we go going forward. But no doubt, no doubt, Mitch Lewis. And, you know, Nat Fife's probably not dissimilar as well. They believe Nat Fife is still a couple of weeks away. If Nat Fife, Fremantle are like, Nat Fife has to be a part of our team for us to, to have a real crack at this. It's all dependent on the body, when you're having soft tissue inju- injuries in particular, and the VFL is a waffle in, in Fives' case, is a reason as to why you need to be cautious. I totally understand. Totally understand. But these players, who are seen to be critical to any success these teams might have, either short-term with Fremantle or longish-term with Hawthorne, just throw them in and have a crack at it. Brett's not happy with the music. I had to play Taylor Swift twice, which isn't my particular norm. Uh, Benny Lyon, thank you. Thank you to all the callers, the listeners, wherever you might be, right around Australia. John Stephenson and myself. All thanks to Kemmer's Warehouse. Get stuck into all things athletics on the other side of this. Hang around. Drop us a text. Health and wellness as well. 0499 736 736.